This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. Hey, good morning, Chicago, and welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino, the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicago land area. We are a retirement planning firm. We do portfolio management, income planning, tax planning, estate and legacy planning. We are a complete retirement planning firm. And if you want to talk with Tom, or if you want to ask us a question, or if you want to comment on anything that we're talking about, you can call or text 630-934-1855. That's 630-934-1855. Or go to alphawealthgroup.com. All right. So last week on the air, I, I've this thing has been going on for two weeks now, Tom. Mm-hmm. I talked about that bank rate study. Yeah. that said that 68% of parents are sacrificing their own well-being to help their grown children. Mm-hmm. And they're spending about $1,400 a month on average from buying groceries to paying cell phone plans, covering health care, auto insurance, rent, uh, you name it. Parents are spending more than mm-hmm. $1,400 a month on mm-hmm. average making <laughs> kids ends meet. Not their own, but their adult children. Okay. That's like almost Boy, 20 how grand a year. changed, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was, 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 was the same way it was with you when you were growing up, but... Oh, yeah. My mom just handed me a big blank check, right? Didn't yours? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have to go to work. Nothing. So, I... I we we got a lot of we got a lot of texts from that conversation. I just mm-hmm. want to read a couple of them, and then you helped somebody as well. And I, yeah. I just not that I'm trying to you know keep this going, but I do think this really touches on a lot of what's going on with people. <clears throat> so we had somebody from six one zero who said, "I would rather give help or just help my kids now instead of when I die." Mm-hmm. Then I had seven zero eight texted in when i help my kids i feel like i'm spending their inheritance now when they need it most and then from 815 i've taken a gift from dad and i gift him back monthly it was a three hundred thousand dollar gift that i give back at 1250 a month to stay under the fifteen thousand dollar annual amount okay i want to take that apart and then you had one come in as well what which was the one that you had well we were just talking about the whole concept of gifting and how that can work and there's you know things that you can do and maybe we'll talk a little about that again today but someone had asked can i gift my home well i guess it was their previous home but they it was real they were not living there which i asked um but uh could i gift my home to my nephew and i said you could i mean there was a whole discussion there where if you gift something rather than inherit it keep in mind if it's a stock or a real estate when you gift it to a child or anyone, they tie into your cost basis. When you inherit something, you get a full step up. So um, that's one thing I just I warned about. I said, keep in mind, you know, it's better to inherit than be gifted something as far as from a tax standpoint. For sure. And um, and now I know there was a mention of 15000 from this. That used to be the uh, gift tax limits by this text that you just read. It's actually yeah. 17000 per person now. It's gone up. And so, obviously, you gift a house. It's probably more than seventeen thousand. So, <laughs> I hope. But, but wait, if the nephew is married, right? True. You could gift it to the two of them. That's thirty-four thousand a year. And uh-huh. if you it, right, uh, so after ten years, it's three hundred and forty thousand. 
You can, and that's a, you know, you bring up a good point. You can gift, you know, every year. You know, it's like if it's December 30th and you gift uh, that 34000 to two people on January 1st, you can gift another three. It's one another year. but So every year you can do it systematically. The other thing that you can do as far as gifting um, is you have a lifetime exclusion. You know, you, you can actually give and, you know, you want to talk to an accountant. You want to make sure this is done properly. But so I'm, I'm giving you the, the cliff notes here. But you can gift part of your estate tax exemption today. For example, the federal estate tax exemption is roughly $12 million. In other words, you can pass on $12 million to your beneficiaries, your children, without a federal estate tax. Now, if you said, I'm going to gift them a million, you know, a million dollars, just to make it simple, your federal estate tax exemption is now dropped by a million. So there are ways to gift. You need to account for it. And there are ways, there are ways to exceed the 15, or I'm sorry, so 15, so 17,000. 17, right. But again, you have to account for it and it will be, it would be deducted from the estate tax exemption also. I mean, you can do, there's so many gifting strategies we get into. I mean, I, I don't, maybe talk about this a little later, but you can gift to irrevocable trusts and things like that. So that's a whole nother deal. They, no, I think this is a, a great discussion to have with a financial advisor, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because people just don't know. I mean, there's talk about how, it, and this is something to keep in mind, right? So right now, mm-hmm. the lifetime exemption is $12.5 million. But mm-hmm. in 2026, I think it's scheduled to go back to like $5 million. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have $10 million and you decide to gift $2 million of that away, right? Or let's mm-hmm. say, let's make it even easier. You have $100 million, boy, do I wish, and <laughs> you're going to give $20 million away. Right, mm-hmm. so your first twelve and a half million would fall under that exemption. You'd then have nothing left to pass down. Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, though, um, you know, if the exemption goes down to five million, you're grandfathered in, right? That mm-hmm. seven million extra just kind of floats along the side. So people shouldn't be yeah. afraid of. My whole point, which is convoluted, I totally get, <laughs> is that <laughs> you shouldn't be afraid to use that exemption and file that tax that form that tax form saying that you've used it because if it goes away you're going to be happy you used it and got grandfathered in right yeah i mean other strategies that you can use which i meant you know we talk about we when we talk about trust and we have of course at least you know revocable trust the typical revocable living trust there's also what are called irrevocable trusts which means you cannot of course revoke them you will not control them so when you gift assets to an irrevocable trust they are effectively out of your estate there's a look back period we don't but so for example another strategy is you can buy life insurance which is income tax free not estate tax free but you could buy a five million dollar life insurance policy put it in an irrevocable trust that's the owner you can gift the premiums to the trust through your children and then they would get that five million not only income tax free but estate tax free so you know there's a lot of really you know it's it's such a great (laughs) thing and so it's a a lot of this sort of before you die versus Uh after you die you know a couple of people felt like you know they would rather help their kids now and i get that my mom has has often talked about that and you know gifted money to us or her kids and her grandkids she's like i want to see you and it used it's funny when she first started doing it it came along with uh you guys all work too hard so i'm going to give you this money but i want to see you take an amazing trip somewhere wow and and it was like she's like i i'm not gonna go with you i would like to she's traveled the world she's like i'm not going with you i want you to do it 
you come home with photos and send pictures and you call, but I, go take an amazing trip. Go do something amazing that you would not have done if I didn't do this for you. Yeah. And that is also like an amazing thing. And we have to take a quick break, but um, we'll talk a little bit more about this and about homeownership and wealth coming up next. Uh, 630-934-1855 if you want to weigh in or go to alphawealthgroup.com. We'll be back in a moment with more on 720 WGN. Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino of alphawealthgroup.com, 630-934-1855, 630-934-1855. Okay, so Tom, in the break, the minute he's, <laughs> we went to break, he's like, so where did you go? <laughs> and we, where we went uh, was to Patagonia, Chile, on one of the most amazing trips I've ever taken in my whole life the bottom of the world. If you've ever seen pictures of the Torres del Paine mountain range, uh, we found one by happenstance online. And I was like, who wants to go there? And my kids were like, we do. (laughs) So we went and it looks just like that. It's an incredible place. Yeah. It's, it's probably like, it's, you're not even on, on earth when you're there, right? It's like, it's crazy. It is like another world. And, and so that kind of thing, really changed um, our lives. And my mother, who's a huge traveler, really, I think that was the whole goal of of giving us that money was to make us step outside our comfort zones, explore the world. She's had, you know, great pleasure from that. And so I get when, you know, those people texted in and said, I'd rather do something for them while I'm alive. Yeah, and, and what's interesting, that's part of her legacy and part of your legacy, which again can be passed on, even though it was done during your lifetime. You know, so it's interesting because you can say, um, you know, when you have an estate plan or legacy plan of something and you're passing things on to your children, you can still do that during your lifetime, which will, again, um, continue through their lifetime. And that's interesting when we talk about families. You know, it's so many times it's not about the dollar amounts. It's about those things, right? The, yeah, maybe the memories. Meant something. The memories are just... You know, maybe an item that they cherished or whatever it might be. Again, it's not about the dollar amounts. It's more about these personal things. There's also another gifting strategy. If we want to just talk about this for another mm-hmm. minute, um, you can put your house into one of these irrevocable trusts and transfer mm-hmm. it over a period of, I think, 14 years mm-hmm. uh, to the beneficiaries of the trust. You can then rent your house back from them. <laughs> <laughs> which puts more right yeah. you can it puts more money like into the true. trust just, i'm not saying anything know. that's illegal or not true no. right this is a real thing that you Correct. could set up for people right tom it is true those are some you know um i don't want to say extraordinary uh measures but yes you can do it i've come across people that have done it. it's been a long time but i i've seen people that do that now again you know you really have to be careful with some things that you do um, again, it's irrevocable for a reason. You do certain things to get things out of your estate. I have a client whose mother, and it's interesting because the time passed. I think she was 85 at the time. She's still around. She's do, still doing great. Um, said, I, look, I have a pretty significant estate. I want to protect these in the event I have an illness or a long-term illness. I don't want mm-hmm. my money to be depleted. So, you know, the attorney, you know, we set up this irrevocable trust. She started, She gifted all of these assets. Now there's a five-year look-back period and by the way, that five years is more than past. It's kind of amazing when just because when I looked at the now she loses control of the assets, but now those assets are not considered hers 
um, for a state tax or in the event that there's a, a nursing care that's needed. So there's other, I don't know, I know we're getting off on some tangents here, but <laughs> that's another reason that uh, you can gift assets out so they're not exposed to that. Yeah. So it's really, um, there. Is, you do have to be careful. No question about it. You need somebody who really understands what they're doing and can look at the big picture. Again, this is where financial advisors who are good can really play an important role. You know, it's not just about one asset ever. It's always about how it works mm-hmm. in tandem. What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What if, you know, you need that, that house to live on? You know, you need that cash right. because... I don't know, you invested in penny stocks and it went bad or, you know, whatever that was. Um, Speaking of homeowners, I wanted to just uh, call this out. There was a new study from the National Association of Realtors. For most homeowners, their house is the biggest portion of their wealth, all right? Mm -hmm. And in the past decade, most homeowners saw a huge increase in net worth because their home went up in value. Um, And I, so I want to build the case for, um, Kind of a how you need to think about your home and the value that it has mm-hmm. and it being the biggest part of your net worth. And what do you do when you need that to access that cash? Mm-hmm. You know, this is, uh, as you were just saying earlier, at least, it's, a, it's an area where you have to be careful and how do you do it. I mean, it, it's a quality of life kind of thing. I, I typically try to stay away from, hey, the home is an asset. It is an asset. <laughs> But, you know, how do you tap into it? I mean, we've seen the reverse mortgage um, options. You know, that's something I guess you can look at as an option for providing you cash. Um, Certainly downsizing um, is is something you can always consider. Do you really need that? That's pretty common, I think, where now you downsize and you can take that portion of the investments or or the excess that you may not need. Um, There's a lot of – there's other things that you can do. but as I say, I'd be a little cautious of of the home and what you do with it. I mean, you can even go to the extent of having rent out either storage if you have an extra garage or there's space in there, or you, you have a border or someone that comes in. I guess there's other ways to monetize it, but well, I mean, you could also just rent it out and go live somewhere less expensive. Or if you're yeah. older and you don't want the headache associated with renting, and by the way, renting has lots of headaches. I've owned rental property on and off for 30 years um Mm -hmm. i own one now and i gotta tell you you know something just when you think that the cash is rolling in something happens and it eats up an entire year of Mm -hmm. profit um but you know in general you know when i think about home ownership and net worth you know the easiest thing to do and the thing that people like the least is selling that home Mm -hmm. and living off the proceeds and yet that may be the very best and smartest thing for them right yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we come across this a lot where people certainly, um, you know, you got to live somewhere, okay? Um, and so, uh, you know, the goal typically is to pay the house down, get it paid off. That's a whole nother discussion. But yeah, absolutely. We, you know, right now, I think the median home price is down a little bit. I think it was over 400000 at one point. I think it's down to about 360 something, 370 which is still historically high. And so... Um, you know, there may be some opportunities uh, to sell the home um, and take a look at, you know, it's definitely a discussion that you want to have as part of your overall plan, especially, too, as you get into retirement, taking care of the home. We look at all those things that you need to do, the lawn, the home, the driveway, the all those things. And so I think there's some opportunities to figure out 
you know what you want to do with that part of your plan and so there's yeah. there's options just like all of these things we've talked about today all right. Well, we have to take another short break. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we we're going to have a little bit more. Um, we had another question that came in, and I want to make sure we get to that and uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Google and some of the new things going on there. So stay with us for the second half of This Week in Wealth, coming up next on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink, CEO of Best Money Moves, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group, a complete wealth building, uh, what, what would you call it? advisor, right, Tom? Mm-hmm. Sure. Six six three zero. 934-1855 is the number. If you want to ask a question, uh, text your thoughts or comments, 630-934-1855. Or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com and take advantage of all the really amazing information Tom has on his website. Um, so one of our listeners called in with uh, this question. Uh, he's from 815. And he said, when I reach full retirement age, can I keep working full-time, claim Social Security, and draw from my 401k? And do I do that with or without a penalty? So, mm-hmm. big question. Uh, what do you think? Is that one question or three questions? He it said, was taking security. It was, draw from my, no, I'm kidding. I, I have to tell you, like, <laughs> there was no punctuation, so I'm going with one question. No, I get it. So, what, basically what this person is alluding to or referring to, I should say, is once you reach full retirement age, which anybody born from 1960, 1960 or later – your full retirement age is 67. Prior to that, it's it's between 66 and 67. We don't need to get into all that. But the point is, when you hit full retirement age, I, I, I always pause to say it's meaningless. It's not meaningless, but it doesn't mean that's your actual full retirement age. You can still defer Social Security to 70. It will continue to grow by 8% per year up to age 70. Now, why does 67 or this full retirement age have meaning? A couple things. One is the fact that once you hit that full retirement age, in this example, 67, the penalty for taking Social Security goes away if you're working. Okay, Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. So to answer his question, yes, you can work after full retirement age and take Social Security without penalty. So that's an important thing to know. So if you you know if you're at 65 and you say you know I'm going to turn on my Social Security, you can take Social Security as early as 62. But if you're working prior to full retirement age, in this example 67, and you make over a certain amount, they will withhold your Social Security. You will not receive it. In some cases, they may the whole thing could be penalized. So that's a truth. Yes. So my point, I guess, what I'm getting around to the long <laughs> answer here is. You can take Social Security after full retirement age without penalty. So, yes, that you can do that. Okay. And, you know, withdrawing from your 401k, there's no penalty there. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're still working full time, can you do that? Can you do what? Can you withdraw from your 401k sure. while you're working full time? Sure, sure. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's if it's in the traditional, it's all taxable. And, by the way, it does it may cause more of your Social Security to be taxable. It's used in the calculation. But yes, you can do all those things without. Now, we want to make sure, even though some may argue taxes are a penalty, <laughs> right. we differentiate. Penalties are one thing. You can pull money from a retirement account after 59 and a half with no penalty, still taxed. You can, uh, you can, make mo- you can have earned income after full retirement age, no penalty, still potentially taxed. I will say that if somebody asked me if they could keep working full-time, claim Social Security, and draw down their 401k, I'd wonder if they have a spending problem. 
Don't you well, don't you think like yeah. what have you been living on if you couldn't live on what you were making while working full time and now you've got you're taking the social security and drawing from your 401k like what are you spending that money on? You know, do you maybe need to it's like it? you've been building right you've been accumulating all these things all these years you're building up this 401k you've contributed to the social security system you've got this and you're like okay I'm turning everything on and I'm going full bore I'm going to have some fun for a while. So Maybe that's the idea behind it. It's like, okay, I've been, you know, it's, I'm 67. It's time to let it rip here for a while. But then you're still working. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't know. To, me, yeah. I, I, to me, <laughs> there's something, either there's something wrong that's going on here, right? There's, well, I could imagine <laughs> a, a relationship issue or you're getting divorced or well, something you know, like we, that. <laughs> we talked about this before, Elise, about the hybrid <laughs> thing where, Look, if you're a little concerned about having the assets, you, you know, instead of completely retiring, maybe you still work a little bit more, but you take more vacations or you do some things. So you're kind of feeling a little bit more retired. For those that feel they need to work a little longer to, for a more secure retirement, maybe that's this happy medium. Maybe not in this case, but that's the, I, we've talked about that idea before. Yeah, no, I, I guess that's true. The other thing <laughs> I would say is if you're worried for whatever reason that your 401k is getting too big, Right, a problem mm-hmm. that not enough people have. Um, you could also do a four hundred one k conversion, right? You mean as far as converting it to? Yeah, you take it out of your four hundred one k, convert it into an IRA, pay the taxes. You're going to pay it anyway, and then whatever money is left is going to grow tax free forever, right? Yeah, yeah. If you do it, yeah. If you convert to a Roth, absolutely. Those are those are some ideas which we've talked about. You know, part of tax planning. Of course, there are Roth four hundred one ks. If you want to just put it into the instead of the traditional, maybe start diverting some of your contributions to a Roth because then it grows tax free the rest of your life. And then there are no taxes when you pull it out. And by the way, it doesn't. It isn't used to determine how much of your Social Security is taxable. So I've given the example before. You know, if all of your money was in, if your four hundred one ks and IRAs was in it were in a Roth. You would get all of your Social Security tax free, all of it. In fact, you would never pay taxes the rest of your life. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a good goal and you know the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny because just there was a new study out that you know I love studies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people really have this thing about doing their own money, and only thirty five percent of Americans are working with a financial advisor. And it feels Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've given two really good examples, like this one, and then in the last segment we were talking, you know, about gifting and gifting strategies and things that are complex. And and I guess I'm just wondering, you know, what's the message to people, you know, the 65% of Americans who are going it alone? Well, you know, I think there's, you don't know what you don't know. And in some cases, you know, you wish everyone the best, of course, I hope, you know, there's all of these. There's all these opinions. In fact, I kind of, I kind of say today it's a blessing and a curse. You can go. Everything's at your fingertips, and even more now with artificial intelligence, right? Um, as that continues to go, but you know, we can just be just bombarded with opinions, and emotions are difficult sometimes, especially when it comes to finances. And so, you, sometimes you can be your worst or worst own enemy, or you can do things that is not based on maybe the facts. So. You know, my goal whenever I deal talk with someone, it's like we just talked about Social Security. We talked about Roths and taxes, and you understand all these moving parts because we. I used the term before, at least being complete. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by being complete, having all the income you need throughout retirement. That's part of that Social Security decision. I, trying to get as much of it tax-free, that's part of what we just talked about. 
protecting. We've talked about estate and legacy planning. There's more than just, you know, it's not about growing a pile of money and picking at it. And it's about really having a complete plan. I mentioned before my undergraduate's electrical engineering. I'm, an, and I'm kind of a process guy anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like building, um, you know, a car, a bridge, a house. It's Legos. building a retirement plan. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would build a car. I would build Legos. But I think the <laughs> whole thing is the same. Same um, concept. Yep. Same concept. Yes. Same con- no, it's really, that's really helpful, Tom. Uh, 630-934-1855 is the number. AlphaWealthGroup.com is the website. Uh, we're going to take a short break. A short. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> God, I need more coffee. And uh, come back and talk a little bit about stocks and bonds and where that's going this year. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. Remember, you can call in with a question or text us, 630-934-1855, and we will take your question, break it apart, put it back together, uh, and build Legos with it. Or you can (laughs) leave us a question at alphawealthgroup.com. And if you want Tom to do a free review of your finances, Definitely leave him a message at alphawealthgroup.com or call 630-934-1855. All right, Tom. So we have talked so much about that classic 60-40 stock bond thing. In 2022, it was absolutely awful. Worst Mm -hmm. year since 2008. If that was your strategy, you lost big time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this year, things are doing a little bit better with that 60-40 strategy. But I... You know, you and I have talked about this before, about how mm-hmm. I really feel like bonds have just failed us for like a really long time because interest rates were going down, 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 and then they were rock bottom. So interest rates going back up isn't going to stick around. In fact, they've already started to come down again. Mm-hmm. I, you know, what do you? how does this play, this sort of 60-40 thing, and how do you protect yourself if bonds really aren't going to be the right thing to buy? Well, you know, there's no perfect answer to this. The 60-40, I I would look at it more this way. The point is, you know, when you're nearing or in retirement, and the 60-40 is more of what is redeemed, and these are all uh, relative terms, so I'm always cautious about it, but moderate portfolio. In other words, when you're nearing retirement, you're close to retirement, or you're in retirement. So the thought is, most cases, I'm not going to be 100% in the stock market, typically, right? So that number is usually around 60%, sometimes say plus or minus 5 or 10 so that's going to be your growth piece because we know with longevity, um, all of these things, risks, inflation, we, mm-hmm. we, pro- we, you know, we need to have growth in our portfolio. And, uh, so what is that number? 60% seems to be, or 50 to 60, whatever it is. I'm comfortable with that, most would say, having that risk because I know the other 40% are the ideas. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> the other idea is the other 40% has a level of protection, and we saw what happened with bonds. So I would approach this a little different. I would say, okay, that 60%, I still want to have quality stocks or quality investments that are designed for growth, whether they're dividend stocks or maybe some pure growth stocks or whatever it might be. And then on that 40%, I'm going to own fixed. Now, right now, because where rates are at, you know, the bonds, if you even look at aggregate bond indexes, any of those types of things, they're not going to be bad. That can still be a piece of the 40%, but you can also do some other things that are part of that fixed piece. What do I mean? You mentioned, you know, some of these fixed rates. You can get money markets and things that are getting 4 to 5%. Mm-hmm. They're technically a principal protected with a yield that's decent. Yes, there's not going to be growth on it. You're okay with that. You know it's not going to go down in value. You can also look at... Um, 
you know, the CDs are decent. You can look at what are called fixed annuities or indexed annuities. Again, principal protected. These can all be part of your fixed piece. And there's other strategies out there that can get you yield and some level of protection. That's how I would look at designing a, a portfolio. And that's pretty sophisticated stuff, right? I mean, you start buying structured <clears throat> products and, yeah. I, you know, it's not something I would try on my own, for example. I, mm-hmm. You know, just to give everybody at home who's listening kind of an idea of how complicated it is. Not, you know, it's it's something like, you know, you don't really want to start buying puts and calls if you have no idea and have Correct. never done that before on your own without advice. Like, I don't care what the websites say. <laughs> you just don't want to do that. Too, too risky. Um, all right. So bonds are, you know, one of those things that are just... I don't know, kind of crazy. But then mm-hmm. I-bonds, we recommend all the time, right? And those are now right. at, what, 6.85%, and there's like a fixed piece that's almost a half a percent. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, you, what are we thinking there? Well, I mean, you can still, again, it's all of these little things that are pieces. Anything I just talked about and I discussed, there's no, you always have to be, um, you know, have those as a as an allocation and a percentage to any one of these things. So, when we talk about I-bonds, that can be a piece. Certainly, you can buy them and you can continue to add to them every year, but you're limited, to, as we've talked about again, at least 10000 per person per year. So you cannot go beyond that. And and then, but can it be a piece? Absolutely, it can be a piece of your fixed. You, again, you know it's principal protected. You know there's going to be hopefully some level of yield and it may be a decent yield, which you can continue to add to and you can say, I don't have to worry about that ever going down. So that's uh, certainly a piece you can add to the to the to the fixed. Again, that's the fixed portion, mm, which is mm-hmm. I think helpful. Mm-hmm. All right, when you're talking to people and they're going into sort of their retirement, is that typically the time you see people for the first time? I mean, I'm sure you have clients you've worked with for decades, but mm-hmm. you know, when people are in their 40s or 50s, they start getting serious about thinking about retirement, is that when you start to see them and you start to have this conversation of how they might want to structure things? Yeah, typically, my, you know, the people that we that come into the office and we visit with or I have talk, discussions on the phone with or whatever it might be, yes, they're, it just, you know, probably you've come across this too, Elise, it's interesting, it's human nature, you kind of, it's tough. Most people in their 40s, even in their 40s, certainly their 20s and their 30s, it's a rare breed to say, I'm really focusing on my retirement. You come across those people and that's terrific. But, um, you know, most people, it's like, wow, they wake up and it's like, I'm 55. What happened? You know, I'm five oh or six God, years. Oh, my God, I'm still, I'm, I'm a few years beyond that and I'm still saying it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you on that point. I feel your pain. Um, but, yeah, that's why it's typically, that's just human nature, right? We're, we're so many years out and we're like, wait a minute, I'm five years out. And so that's kind of how it, it, just, it just happens that way and that's how it all unfolds. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's really interesting. So when people come in, um, you know, I know your favorite client is the one who's already got all the paperwork organized. They bring it in. They know exactly where their money is and how they're earning. And, you know, and then you can really dig in with them. But mm-hmm. I know this, and I've just gone through, you know, with my mom, uh, all of her paperwork. My sister did, you know, all the tax stuff that she saves in like a big bucket every year. And then <laughs> you have to get it ready for the accountant. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that a little bit about what typical clients are when they come in i'm just kind of curious because i never went into the financial planning side of things Uh so i don't actually see it on the ground (laughs) well you know we've talked about financial organization many times and i said that's one of the biggest obstacles because just anything in life if you're not organized and 
so it's fairly often, and I will say a lot of times when I invite people, I said, just throw everything in a box, come on, and we'll get organized. And I, that's one of the things that we do is, yes, you know, it's not uncommon for someone to have an old 401k, two IRAs, you know, their spouse has three IRAs, and there's just a lot of things going on. And so that is one of the goals that I have when I say, I say like, we can consolidate some of this stuff. There's complete portability. If you have, you know, you can go on Fidelity today, open up an account, an IRA, and transfer all of your IRAs and old 401ks into one account. There. It's easy to see, and you monitor it. It just simplifies your life. And so um, I usually typically do, too, a, 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 when I, there's a, a, a spouse um Often, if they're at Fidelity or wherever, um, I try, my my suggestion is to give each other account access. So when you log in, you see everyone's account. You get right. to see all the accounts on one screen. It just simplifies your life, and it makes you, I think, more effective in your overall plan. And so these are things that I would suggest people do. Consolidate, simplify, and all of these accounts. Ross, can, You don't need two Ross. You just need one. You don't need five IRAs. You just need one. And so... This is how I would tell you to get organized, and that's why um, that's one of the big things that we, we want to do, certainly before you dive into the whole plan. It's funny because people think sometimes that they're more diversified if they have like three accounts in three mm-hmm. different places, and the, I, you know, and the investment's the same across all three. Right, right. It's like, oh, I'm gonna hold. (laughs) It's like I'm really diversified. If I hold Microsoft's, you know, stock over here, my Fidelity account, and in my Charles Schwab account, and in my, you know, whatever TD Ameritrade account, I'm fully diversified, Tom. (laughs) Right, right. Yes, and that's uh, that's why there's no. uh, You're right, and so if you have one account, whether it's a Schwab or Fidelity, you can own all these investments in the same. So there's no. You know, unless there's some reason for it, typically, typically, there's no benefit to have all these multiple accounts. Yeah. No, it's it, you're just paying more in fees. I, I think people you, also don't realize how those <clears throat> fees get buried, right? Yeah. And then you have to go to three websites. You get three different statements. You get, it's like, uh, you know, it's not necessary. And again, it makes it much more difficult. Many times there's overlap. You may not know what you own. It's it's just inefficient. And again, it can be to your detriment in your overall planning. I love simple. As I said, you don't need the stress in your life. Simplify things. And when simple works, even better. Right. And you're not going to get a much better deal if you're buying an index mutual fund, for example, between Fidelity and Vanguard. Right? Correct. If you get into a, a managed mutual fund, which Vanguard typically doesn't offer, um, yes, that, that expense is going to be more, and it'll be slightly more, in, say, Fidelity mm-hmm. than it is you know, somewhere else, or maybe mm-hmm. a little less. But you have to just pay attention to the overall picture. Um, and again, Tom can really help with that. So you should think about giving him a call. He's happy to go through all of your stuff. Right, Tom? Yes, I'm very happy to do that. Very happy to go through all your help stuff. help you out any way I can. 630-934-1855, or you can always leave a message for him at alphawealthgroup.com. All right, Tom, we're out of time again. Of course. Of course. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next week at 7 a.m. for another edition of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. 
Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois. Tom Fortino and Alpha Wealth Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.